for those of you listening in for the first time or are new to the She Sells 2 network, we are Jenny and Ellen and we started She Sells 2 to empower women in sales. In this cross-Atlantic podcast with Ellen in Dublin and Jenny in Toronto, we're looking to empower women out there in sales to be their absolute best. In this podcast, we'll be sharing stories, tips and tricks, best practices, and the learnings we're getting along the way. Hi there, Ellen here. Excited to have you all listening in. In this episode, I got to meet with Mary Blanche, a two-time colleague of mine who started in Google last year. We started our careers in sales two and a half years ago together, and she inspired me from the beginning with her strategic thinking, her passion, and her confidence. Hope you enjoy. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. And as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback after the show. Hi there, and welcome to the first edition of She Sells 2 podcast in Dublin. Uh, and I'm sitting here with Marie Blanche. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. How are you doing today? Very good. Thanks. It's so exciting to have you here, and especially as you're actually one of the people I've been knowing for the longest time in Dublin as we started together in Agile two and a half years ago with only one month apart. And I thought that maybe you could just start with a quick introduction of yourself. Yeah, of course. So my name is Mary Blanche, or Mary White in English. (laughs) I'm French, as you probably guessed. And um, yeah, I'm 27. I've been in Dublin for three and a half years. I'm starting Google on Monday, actually. Congratulations. Thank you. And prior to that, I've been working in Adderall, exactly with you, uh, for two years. And uh, that was the start of my career in sales. That's very exciting. And how are you feeling now starting Google in just a few days? What are you most excited about? I'm very, very enthusiastic. First of all, about the, all the learnings, obviously, um, around the Google products. I've been working in marketing and Google being one of the best companies for that. I'm excited about that. Prior to AdWall, I work in Google, actually, mm-hmm. through a vendor program. Oh, okay. And it's like going back to to it a little bit. So it's there's some familiarity to it that is very exciting. It's like visiting old cousins that you haven't seen for a long time. You're excited to see what's changed, <laughs> how many babies they had, and <laughs> but at the same time, what's still there. A familiar environment with lots of new things. I really like that metaphor with the cousins there. It, it feels <laughs> like, you know, Google is a bit of a family. Uh, and from, uh, you know, I started in Google now a few months ago. And for me, it was really good to have some time between the role to, you know, just recharge. And I know that you had some time in between too. What have you been up to and how have you been preparing yourself mentally for this Google challenge? So I've been preparing myself mentally very far, far away from here as I traveled. I think it's uh, it's a very good way, obviously, to take a step back to uncharge recharge <laughs> and I went to Patagonia for it which Exciting. is the, the end of the world basically both Chile and Argentina mm-hmm. with a friend traveling for a month doing a lot of camping just connecting with nature being with a friend that I haven't seen in 10 years who's, a, who's from a diff, completely different world she's a journalist mm-hmm. she's travel she's a travel writer actually oh, okay. so just being with her being far away reading about different topics, kind of forgetting about marketing as well a little bit. That's how I I kind of fueled and prepared for this. 
That sounds amazing. And I think it's good to come in kind of with a, as a blank page in a way, so that you're prepared for all the new impressions, all the new learnings, getting to know the new teams. But one thing I think is very exciting is that you worked mostly with new business sales when you were in Agile and now in Google, you'll be an account manager. Uh, What do you think you are going to take with you from your learnings as new business sales going into more account management and long-term relationships? That's a very good question. So obviously you learn more from the things that you failed at. That's that's where you get the biggest learning from. And I would say my biggest learnings would be the ones I want to really take with me would be um, listen more than you speak. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes I think my preconceived idea about sales is that you speak a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, you, you listen more than you speak. Uh, a lot of people in sales who actually do sales would tell you that, I think. Mm-hmm. Another one would be don't be afraid to say no set the right expectation with your customers internally with your colleagues with your managers with everyone Mm. and things will go well another thing would be you don't you won't know everything you will never do so Mm. work with others and work well with others Mm. I think that's really good points and I like especially the active listening. I know it's something that I'm always trying to take with me into each call. Sometimes it always obviously goes better than other times, yeah. but especially in the beginning when you are going to get to know all your new customers, you just want to take in as much as possible so you really can make those strong pitches a couple of months down the line because you'll know what's going to matter to them. Exactly. They will tell you what they need. And if they're open to the conversation and open to the call in mm-hmm. the first place, just listen to them and they will tell you what to tell them mm. but let's face it it's difficult when you're a chatterbox like like a, like me and you <laughs> I think so too I think sometimes we both just like ramble on because we get so excited and then you have to take a step back and like okay so what was on your mind but I like what you said that they will tell you what they need and I love that part of sales that is really all about problem solving and just making sure that the client get the best out of the products you're selling exactly but you mentioned there that Adril was actually your first sales role. And just as me, you started as a sales development representative. What made you actually go into sales? Yeah, so actually the, the real question would be what didn't make me go into sales <laughs> in the sense that pretty much everything from my degree in business and a lot of jobs that I've done before, but my, I would say, natural nature of selling have been selling whether it's in markets you know like my my children toys i've been selling them when i was 10 in the markets <laughs> or or even jobs i went to london and i worked in, in sales role as well in cafes or with little businesses but somehow i had this idea that my real career wouldn't be in sales mm-hmm. some somehow I thought that sales would be, like I said, about, you know, being a math mastermind who can negotiate. And uh, during my first year of, of uni, I did a, it was a, like a national uh, negotiation game, whatever, mm. with all the all the schools. And I failed at the first step. And my oh. teacher told me that I would never work, I would never be a good negotiator. That's a bad teacher saying that to you. <laughs> exactly. So in my mind, because it was just all based on and evaluated on one way to negotiate. So it was hardcore selling negotiation. But once I got into marketing, I realized that it only takes the right industry, the right sector, something that you're really passionate about mm-hmm. to actually selling then comes becomes a necessity because you just want to 
convince others that it's great. And that's how I got into sales. So then I realized it was a great entry door and this is where I would get the best skills to then continue in that industry, which is advertising, marketing. That's very exciting. And especially, I think that if you get that feeling in the beginning that you won't be good at it, but you think that you're going to like it, you actually try a bit harder, but you also develop your own sales style, which I think is very important because not every style will be the best one for you. I think we've both seen, especially in our time in Agile, that there are a lot of different ways of selling. Some approaches that ourselves might not take up on. I think there's different types of sellers Mm. so like i said like this this uh, game the negotiation game was here to evaluate who was a natural maybe a seller born seller who could sell sell you anything like a bin a carpet a pen Mm. i might not be one of the sellers i might be i think i have a different style it takes me i need to be passionate about the topic i need Mm. to believe Mm. in the company in the products in what i'm selling and then it's just a matter of it's selling is not necessarily just you know pitching it's mm. it's consulting it's mm. like i said like listening it's uh, it's just answering needs as well mm. so that's where i find that i was actually a good seller and after people kept telling me I was a good seller, I think I started to believe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always saw you as a really like strong seller when we were both in Adroll. And I was always so impressed by your initiatives. I remember during one sales kickoff, you had this whole presentation of the strategy you built to go in country, to go in for a new market that had never been done before. And I remember I was so impressed by you and your really like strategic approach on how this would be scalable across all Adroll. Yeah, it was a, it was a great moment. I didn't expect such. I remember all the feedback from you, from from the others, from actually from managers. Mm-hmm. From uh, it was a great way to be seen as well. Mm-hmm. And this is when I think I started. I started to believe that mm-hmm. I was a that I was a good seller because because of my of this approach. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say that before that, I was doubting it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, such a common topic, I think, in sales, in all the roles that we usually try to doubt ourselves. And this imposter syndrome, you know, is a whole concept and something there's trainings about and everything. With this imposter syndrome, have you felt it yourself? And do you have any ways to kind of help yourself get out of that train of thought? Yeah, so this was a moment where I felt it. (laughs) And I suppose, yeah, just being... At the beginning, I remember, I remember feeling it a lot, especially when you haven't proven yourselves, you haven't, you know, you've had your first targets, but, you know, you need to reach them, etc. You're, you're thinking, am I the right person? And then I started closing my first deals, doing this presentation, and I still felt everyone was congratulating me, but I, I still felt it because... I always had an excuse. I was saying, oh, but, you know, this sale, actually, I didn't do all of it. Um, My manager had the first touch a year and a half ago. And uh, my seller, because as a sales development representative, you work for a seller. So you're just at the first step of the sales cycle. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, but other sellers, I've actually talked to this person before. And so I always felt that I, I wasn't really... You know, I didn't deserve all the all the merits, mm-hmm. and then, but then you realize my manager actually told me that 
that they, you know, it's it's always like that. In so my manager was a male, just mm. just so you know, but it's always like that. You're not you're not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be your sale 100. percent There's always going to be other people. There's always going to be a part of luck. Don't you feel that you need to be accountable for 100 percent of the sale? You need to be. You need to to have done all the work mm. to to take the kudos. He said, No, this it's always going to be like that. And and I never felt that way. Mm. And maybe I'm not saying it's a female thing, but I think it, it might be somehow that you know some some women sometimes feel that um, they if, think about it too much, think mm. too much. And and maybe we feel this this syndrome, and you know we don't feel that we merit, but we do. No, I totally agree with you on that. And I actually caught myself with that uh, just a couple of days ago. That one of my colleagues gave me some, as you said, kudos for something I'd done, and straight away I was thanks, but actually this and this, you know, made me nervous or made it not be just because of me. And it struck me, and I'm like, how am I gonna do? So I'm always being like, yes thank you, I did a good job and just stop there instead of, you know, giving myself bad feedback straight away. Exactly. Always, always say thank you. And I suppose even if others helped you, just track everything you do. Mm-hmm. That would be a good way to actually uh, fight the syndrome and also track when you've helped others mm-hmm. and you've actually contributed to their success. Mm-hmm. I think that's a way to actually realize that you know, you're doing great and uh, you you don't have to feel this syndrome and you're not an imposter. That's really good. I like that advice. Maybe we should have like a weekly awesomeness sheet where we just write down everything awesome we've been doing so yeah. we can go back to that one each time we doubt ourselves. Yeah, this is something I got from actually a program that's in Adult the Women in Leadership. And we have we have a lot of, uh, of advice coming from, from managers, from leaders, from all sort of uh, intervention and, and people working on that. And one of them was to track everything. Mm. And that's actually a good one. That's really Track cool. your success and mm. congratulate yourself. But that's, and it's exciting that you said that you've been in a women in leadership program. And I also like that you mentioned the feedback and the advice you've been getting for your, from your manager. What would be your source of inspiration and who would motivate you uh, when it comes to sales but also life in general and feeling inspired generally inspiration for me comes from mainly humans Mm -hmm. and i realized that talking with my friend in patagonia actually because she's she's more into nature she gets inspiration with uh, the environment animals and things like that and i realized that for me it was more human humans and what they what they do what they create what that whether it's a beautiful song, writing a poem, uh, building, you know, being an architect and, and doing great buildings. And and this is where I get my inspiration. And I think my what motivates me is when I get passionate about, I'm, I'm the fan type, you know, I get obsessed. I'm I'm, I'm fan of, of bands, of music, of a lot of things. So when I'm passionate about some somebody or something they did. I really want to promote it. Mm. I think that's why I'm in marketing as well, because <laughs> I just want to make it av- available to the world. And I want other people to see what I see. Mm. So I'm inspired mainly by this. But then when it comes to maybe an, insp- maybe an inspirational woman uh, or a model or something like this, because I'm... 
I was thinking I was thinking that you would ask this. So <laughs> I've thought about it a lot. Very good. <laughs> I've I've thought about it a lot. And it's true, although there's many CEOs I could I could quote or or singers or people who fight for me- feminism or uh, activists or things like that. Um, I think my biggest passion is um, history. One of my biggest inspiration is actually, it's going to surprise you, uh, Alionor of Aquitaine. Oh, I don't know who that is even. <laughs> <laughs> so Alionor of Aquitaine in French. She's, she was both Queen of France and Queen of England. Oh, wow. She's the first queen who divorced mm-hmm. in the 12th century. Wow. She went to war. She um, She's the one basically who reunited England and France when they were at war. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she probably also created a war. And she's the mother of three kings of three kings. Mm-hmm. So she's before feminism even existed. She's showed that, you know, in an era of, of male, mm-hmm. on unique male where queens were just basically princesses who didn't have to do much. She she proved to be a really, really strong woman who basically could do whatever she wanted. Wow. So she's, yeah, she's a big That's such a cool inspiration. It's always like you can be inspired by women today, but then we have so much more going for us. Imagine, like I said, back in 12th century that she did feminism without it even being a concept, without it existing. That's, that's really inspiring. I know, it's the Middle Age, so it didn't even exist for women to have a place in this world. And it's just showed that even when you don't have the... At the moment, feminism is sort of... I mean, women are rising, right? Mm. We're taking more space. We're proving to be intelligent. It's the epoch is kind of also pos- positively... I mean, women, women have a space now. Mm. and but at the time they didn't you know this woman still did something and she 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 was noble Mm. so she had some help obviously she wasn't the what we call a peasant at the time but she changed the destiny of so many countries she changed history that's so crazy I can always feel like I wonder if I will I ever be able to make history in some way maybe like you know change the I don't know course for women in sales in some way yeah Uh, but how does it um so now when you said that it's uh, very inspiring with a woman in say uh, uh, women having this kind of impact and also today that we have much more going for us uh but have you ever felt any like objections or any kind of struggle because you're a woman or how how has your approach being uh to being a woman in sales uh, to be completely honest, no. I think I'm lucky enough again to be born in this century mm. where women again are, you know, are taking more space. Uh, I, I know it's still underrepresented and it's still a lot to do, mm. but I think from since the start of my career, I've, I haven't felt that being a woman was a prejudice, was, a, was an issue, especially in companies such as Adol before, where women, women have programs to elevate themselves, to have, you know, to be recognized. I, being a woman for me, I mean, for me, my sort of feminism is don't speak about feminism. Mm. So I know it's kind of a bit controversial, controversial to say that, but uh, if we just act equal to men Mm -hmm. and if there is then there will be no difference there will be no inequalities Mm -hmm. and there is there will be no need for feminism so reality isn't like that because we we have a lot to catch up on so feminism i mean it's it's 
being a woman and have like voices in companies and diversity and inclusion program mm. it's necessary mm. but at the same time for me personally just acting confidently you know as if i was a male i, I was i was i was sorry as if i was a man is enough mm. to take me where i want to go But I think that's an amazing approach. And I mean, running She Sells too, I'm all for women in sales, but I would like to put the groundwork in so that in say 10, 20 years time, there won't have to be these kind of things that it has to be women in sales, women in tech or whatever, but that we can all have equal opportunities. So, and I get you, you kind of want to be hired and everything for your own merits. So it shouldn't be because you're women, but, but because of what you can do and your abilities. Yeah. And again, I think it's because also I'm lucky in, I mean, France, in other countries mm. where perhaps women have more struggled to to find a place in the society, maybe it's more relevant to to act and to to have a strong opinion around it. Mm. But I'm lucky to be French, where I don't think there this is an issue. Not everywhere, anyway. Mm. I'm lucky to be in the tech world where women are highly recognized, I think. Mm. And I don't want to see that I don't want to say that women have more empathy because then again it would be built it would be an inequality and it would be it would be unfair to some men who probably are very empathetic. Mm. But I would say that for me it's all it's always been a perk to be a woman mm. in sales because it's there's not many of us mm. and um we're we're listened to as you know for men mm. um we know how to listen etc so it's it's always been for me it's always been a perk no and i really agree with you there i heard one say one woman saying that even though there aren't that w many women in sales at the moment the ones who are are really the golden nuggets that know what where they want to get and what they want to do and they really go for it um, so I do think that we have a lot going for us and that we can be just as good and that we have all these kind of characteristics that might be making it easier for us to succeed in sales. Exactly. But it is a, yeah, a contradiction because you don't want to say again that there are like the women are more empathetic, but at the same time there's research supporting it. So it's very difficult yeah. to know where to draw the line with what is female, what is male, and maybe we should like skip that out completely one day. Yeah. Um, but it's very exciting to hear you speak about this being in sales. Do you think you're always going to be in sales? So where would you see yourself in maybe five, ten years? That's a good question. It's hard to say where I'll be in five years. Uh, in a way, I'll always be in sales because we're always selling. <laughs> so whether I start my own business, I'll be selling to shareholders, to employees, to I'll be selling my idea or... Mm or whether I work in, in in marketing or I'm a manager, you're always somehow selling. Mm -hmm. Someone once told me, one of the big directors of Adderall told me that you know, sales skills are the most transferable skills. And I believe that's true. And I think that convinced me mm -hmm. even more to work in sales and new business. I suppose, like I said before, some things I love to do is promoting ideas. Mm -hmm. And because when I'm inspired by an idea, by a very, you know, whether it's an inventive idea or, or for a business, I just want to make it, I just want to promote it and make it available to the world. Mm -hmm. So it's good that I'm in Google, I'd, I'd say. <laughs> But um, I suppose I'll still be doing that, whatever it is, mm -hmm. whether it's working in marketing, 
whether it's still working in a tech company, whether it's running my own business, whether it's by going home and in, in France or being very far away. Mm. I think there's always going to be a little bit of selling, yeah, a little bit of sales. I really like that approach. And it's true. I think it's a very transferable skills. No matter what you're going to do, you need to be able to sell yourself or sell the product exactly. or sell the vision. Yeah. And for the vision, I think that you're going to be really good at selling different visions. Uh, <laughs> but another thing that I would be curious to hear about would kind of be this um, about promoting yourself. Would you be good at that? Do you think it's easier to talk well about yourself or is it something that you have to push a bit extra? I would say I'm not the worst at doing it. Mm. Um, it's not something that I struggle with too much, mm. but um, what where I learn a lot and I want to keep learning is to, it's one thing promoting yourself and speak about yourself, but you have to do it well. Mm. You have to do it with the right timing, with the right people. So I think being visible is very, but, it's very you have to do it subtly right mm. you don't want to you don't, don't want to be brag, yeah. you don't want to brag show off be arrogant or be too i think you just need to yeah wait for the connect with the right people tell them about yourself be speak about what you do definitely mm. track it but also i think where i have to to maybe learn more and get better at is to it's just a question of timing and, and doing it at the right moment. Mm. No, very, very good. And I think it's always a learning and a process to get properly good at speaking about yourself and still yeah. stay humble about it. Yeah. Another thing and kind of the last topic that I wanted to go into, uh, at the moment, mental health is such a big thing. Um, it was promoted in Google around a month ago with a mental health week. We constantly talk about having a good work-life balance. How are you managing the kind of pressure that always arises when working in sales? Yeah, it's that that was one also of the of the of the um, let's say of the aspects where that were keeping me away from sales for such a long time mm. until I was pretty much 24 because I was stressed. I'm a stressed person, so I get I get easily stressed. To be honest, and to be completely honest and open with the audience, I also get skin problem oh. due to stress. Mm. So this is something that uh, that is this has been in my life for pretty much since I was born. Mm. And uh, the the idea of being in competition with targets and always be evaluated on numbers, this used to stress me a lot mm. but i think once you actually once you get into the into the side of things it's not too much it's not too much pressure the only pressure is the one you put on yourself you just need to work ethically and think about your numbers but think about also what's good for your customers and the people around you so you just need to do your job basically and then to handle my stress what i like to do is to separate so separate I would say geographically, my work zone versus my home and weekend zone. Mm. So, for example, just very basic thing is I wouldn't go to the same places and the same neighborhoods on the, on the weekend that mm. I go during the week. I wouldn't brunch in the weekend in the same place that I have lunch mm. at in the, during the week. Things like this. And also think maybe when, we, when you work in tech, you probably know it if you work in an environment, in tech environment, in, in Dublin even, 
you you go out a lot with your colleagues mm -hmm. and you know it's hard to actually separate but maybe just to learn about different topics mm -hmm. you know and keep an open mind so being in patagonia was great for it because i could just learn about all a good big array of different things but if you if you have a passion like sports it's great but also learn keep learning mm. but not just in your topic in what you what you work at all week mm. all, all week long just learn about different things for example me what i love is languages so i'd be taking lessons during the week wow. i learn italian that's impressive this, yeah this is something i love to do mm. it might be something else you might be interested in i don't know pottery or art or like you probably noticed that i like history as well this is something i like yeah. to you know i listen to podcasts read about different things i think the best way to handle stress is to is diversity mm. But I think that's brilliant advice, especially like this uh, geographical separation so that you don't sit with your laptop and work in bed, for example, that you actually take some time exactly. to just recharge and shut off your brain from work. Yeah, shut off notifications during the weekend. Simple things, you know them already. Mm. I was once uh, called a drama queen because, <laughs> because I didn't want to go and have brunch in uh, Angelina, which is... Uh, the restaurant we always go to for lunch during the week with your colleagues and your yeah. managers and uh, I didn't want to go there on the Saturday and my friend said oh come on so okay. I don't think everyone shares the same you know the same issue of like ge geographical separation yeah that's my thing you know but you everyone has your, its own you gotta have your things so sometimes it's good to have those principles that you just like this is what I do to make sure that I stay sane and that I stay happy and that's really good reasons to like stick to your pr principles and be a drama queen of it <laughs> <laughs> but that's really good and as a uh, last question and that we usually tend to ask in the end of our interview what would you kind of say um to other young women out there thinking that they want to go into sales would you what would you advise them I would advise them to at least give it a try. Somebody, one, one good advice I, I received, and that's also, that's not just for sales, but it's always say yes and then think and then, and then figure it out mm -hmm. <laughs> and then that's figure out to, how to get there. Just say yes. I just got, I got this opportunity of going into sales. Mm -hmm. I said yes, even though I was scared, even though, I was, I had all these preconceived ideas, but keep an open mind. There's definitely preconceived ideas and, and stereotypes about, about sales that are true. There are competitors. There are people just, you know, interested in money. There are master negotiators. There are people who will try to maybe walk on you, but it's not just that. It's, it's firstly just humans like mm -hmm. you and me. You were the first person I met when I joined the sales role. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. So you're a great example of, show, of show proving that these ideas were wrong because you always, um, you've helped me at the beginning. I don't know if you remembered, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> it was it was little things, but um, it was it was little things that you did, but are huge when you start in a new role. And sales is as good as any other roles. It's just that you get skills that, you know, that you can actually transfer to any to to any role then so um i would say yeah just think about sales as not just selling a product but it's something bigger than that it's mm. is you it's basically selling yourself it's selling to your colleagues it's selling to your managers it's 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 things that you you will learn and um 
and use in any field, mm -hmm. even in your family, any, basically anything you do then in your life. That's brilliant. And yeah, I think that once again, like sales can help you in so many ways. So even if you make it your lifelong career or if you just work with it a couple of years, I do think that there's always going to be so many learnings. Yeah, even in relationships, even mm. in person, like romantic relationships, there's always compromise. It's always a little bit of negotiation somehow. And a so. whole lot of active listening sometimes too. Exactly. <laughs> Do not tell your partner like, how was your day? And don't listen and then they'll get angry at you for not listening. <laughs> exactly. You know it. <laughs> But thank you so much, MB, for joining the first uh, Dublin version of the She Sells 2 podcast. This has been so amazing to kind of get your view on working in sales, what your approach has been so far. And I'm really looking forward to have you in Google with me next week. Yeah, I'm excited to thank you for having me for your first edition. <laughs> I'm very honored. Oh, you should be, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And um, yeah, excited to see you on Monday. Perfect. See you then.